With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I gotta get ready, make everything right. Cause all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the patreon Uh, just uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning there's always going to be fantasy football talk whether it's redraft whether it's dynasty i joined a couple leagues with the patreon members and it's the same thing even in even while we're drafting we're still shooting ideas at each other and if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family what's happening everybody happy wednesday morning and welcome to the dynasty war zone the people's dynasty podcast and tonight it is an annual tradition we are back and better than ever with the hot take hotline and speaking of hot takes there's no co-host in the business hotter than the man of the hour and the man with the power he is jerry j sinclair jerry what's going on man that's not my middle initial but i like it i'm gonna go with it from now on i think that's awesome listen right now as we sit here, this is my last day of summer vacation, so I could not be spending it doing something, anything better, because tomorrow's bright and early and the grind is back, my friend. So, so like, life is giving you something really good with, like, fantasy football. The season's yes. starting. Congratulations. Here's some fantasy football. But then they kick you in the junk with here's some college education. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and by the way, you have to pay for it. You don't you don't get it for free either. Oh yeah, it's kind of like uh, in the gambling intro of the Big Bat podcast where it says, "How about Jerry? You give me half of the money you're going to pay the University of Michigan State. I'll take you out back, kick you in the nuts, and we'll just call it a day." And that's about what happens. All right. Well, listen, we're going to get into the hot takes. We're going to give you some of ours. We've actually got to cover some of the news because. As much as we want to sit here and talk about all of our hot takes, we've got to give you some updates on the Leonard Fournette, the Alvin Kamara, the Brian Edwards, the Joe Mixon. we got stuff. We're just obligated to talk about that as a Dynasty podcast. But speaking of stuff like that, so we already have the Debbie show once a month. It's September, so sometimes in the next 29 days, Jerry, Shane, Kane, and Josh are going to get together. They're going to talk about this 2021 draft class 
who to look for, the the news of the Big Ten potentially having a season after all. Lots of stuff for those guys to cover. We've got the gambling show tomorrow night live on the same YouTube channel, 930 Eastern. Kyle and I are going to be breaking down our 2020 division winners, Super Bowl props, things like that as we go into the week one regular season show. But then the big news, guys, the big news is the YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed and have the notifications turned on, you are going to be missing out. What are you going to be missing out on? Well, on Mondays, our man Matt, Matt's been our video editor, our graphics guy, him or Jerry on Monday are going to jump on live on a YouTube and they're going to give you a dynasty nugget. It might be five minutes, it might be ten minutes. They're going to give you something that they saw on Sunday. Jerry, are you ready to drop nuggets? <laughs> Listen, you are talking about the man who has made poop sandwich a thing. You know damn well I'm ready to drop nuggets. Get out of here. You know, Jerry's going to be the, the voice of reason sometimes. He's going to tell you, hey, don't overpay for X. Hey, what you saw on Sunday was what you saw on Sunday. Let's see it again. And then on Tuesday, you're going to get Dr. Kyle, our physical therapist, our doctor, a legit shoot doctor in the, the big city of New York. He'll give you a quick YouTube live update on his thoughts on some initial, uh, some injuries, some initial thoughts. Hey guys, this is what I think. This is how this could impact your head to head lineups. This is how this could impact your DFS builds and going to be a great follow. Then on Tuesday night, Jerry and I will be here every Tuesday breaking down the dynasty war zone action and it's all dynasty. We're not going to get into week to week. We're going to talk about players, players we're looking to take advantage of moving, adding, and then that show will drop in podcast form on Wednesdays. Wednesday night, Kyle and I will be breaking down the big bets, our DFS action, our uh, gambling action, player props, so that you'll have that live on Wednesday evening and in podcast form Thursday morning. And then you never know when one of us may go live. You might get a big, a big news story, Jerry, like Alvin Kamara. Did you hear about Alvin Kamara? I did. Listen, I I have only ever heard of an epidural happening when a woman is in labor. So that was some news to me to see that it could happen outside of that. Yeah, well, I can tell you from firsthand experience, A, uh, I, I have experienced the miracle of childbirth. And you want... You want that that lady to have them drugs, and my father, he had back he had he had back issues so bad that they gave him an epidural one time, and they do not take that decision lightly lightly in hospitals. This is a, a very big story for me. Now we're breaking down some running back strategies in our Dynasty Warzone patron, and uh, I'm not going to spill the beans yet. It's something Jerry and I will cover in a couple of weeks, but we've already covered that in this week's Dynasty Warzone Patreon. Um, th this news has inspired some new thoughts and some new creative ways to think about building your dynasty rosters. So before we get into the rest of the news, I'll make sure I am talking about the Patreon. The group chat has been going bananas. These guys are redrafting. These ladies are doing all kinds of stuff. We've got Australians. We've got everybody. And then Jerry, Jerry, do you know what the number one complaint I get it on the dynasty happy hour contractor? Oh boy. All right. What is it? It's that their group chat in their dynasty league is dry, no conversation, uh, no action. Is there, honestly, though, is there really anything that's worse? I mean, like, is there anything that can kill a league? Fa I mean, collusion and stuff aside, but th those are so rare in 2020. A, a league that's just not active. If people aren't talking, if people aren't talking shit, 
Trades. It's the fastest way to just go to nothing. Just It's just dry. And I, I would say that probably four out of five guests say that their league is only active around their rookie draft, around the first week of the season, and then around the league's trade deadline. Outside of that, it's crickets. If you're looking for the exact polar opposite of that, dude, join the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. I woke up to 108 messages. Now, I'm a guy who sleeps about six, six and a half hours a day. And at night before I go to bed, I have to put my notifications on mute or I just might as well just like not even turn my phone off. I might as well just be like nocturnal and, and not sleep at all because, you know, with the Australians and the third shifters and the, and the night owls, we keep it popping. On top of that, we're doing one-on-ones. I spent time with a person in a rookie draft on Sunday. I was supposed to be watching my son play baseball. I was actually helping a patron with his rookie draft as well as everything else we've got going on, Jerry. I think the Patreon's the best value in Dynasty Fantasy Football. I'm with you. Listen, Vinny didn't need no help. Vinny's an all-star. He don't need you. He's leaving you in the dust anyway. But, I mean, that just shows your commitment. I said some nice words on Twitter the other day about the things that you do in this game, and I'm not ever going to be silent about it. The things you do, you work hard, man. I Honestly, there are not people in this industry that do the things you do, which is why one of our Patreons created a Twitter just so he could follow you. You know, Listen, th- that's what it's all about. Stroke that ego a little bit, buddy. You know, the uh, the, the the patrons are the one that are, that are driving all the innovation in, in what we're doing. They're driving the innovation behind the improvement in the technology that we're able to do it. They're driving the improvement in the, the YouTube stuff. They're allowing us to do more stuff. So, I mean, they're helping us grow, so why not help them grow as Dynasty, uh, as Dynasty owners? So, it's uh, my favorite thing is helping people. That's why I do the contractor, and we can help you too. Dynasty Warzone forward, um, excuse me, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Last thing, I've said this before, and I will say it again. Not everybody is in a position right now to sign up for a, a Patreon. I dig it the most. But the freest, and that's my word, the freest way to help us grow the show is to pause this podcast as long as you're not driving a car or operating farm machinery and leave us a five-star review. If you, if you think we deserve a five-star, leave us a three-star if you think we deserve a three-star. And that's how we grow. And tell us that you like Jerry's beard on the YouTube channel. He looks like a young Russell Crowe tonight. And, <laughs> Are you and, not and, entertained? I, I'm most certainly entertained. And that, that, you know, something about the show. That is the simplest, easiest freest way to help us grow because then when people search for dynasty content or gambling content or Debbie content will come up that's how it works it's a simple algorithm if you're a stats based person or a metrics based person that's how you help us help you so all that aside Jerry before we get into the uh, the hot takes we, we owe it to these people to discuss Alvin Kamara what are you doing with Alvin Kamara in your dynasty leagues right now well Alvin Kamara was not exactly my favorite running back to take to begin with. Uh, The dip in production last year, even though nobody was really hurt, he didn't, none of that. It just sort of just didn't happen. You know, I mean, maybe that, maybe that's just going to be a 2019 thing. But like you said, if, if this back thing is real and an epidural, listen, I got in a car accident, I don't know, 10 years ago. I fractured my spine. I had to have a spinal fusion. I have an eight-inch scar going down my back from that car accident. It took me, you know, I had to wear a plastic shell. I had to relearn how to do everything. I never got an epidural. So if this man got an epidural for that, 
there is something that is up. Now, I got other drugs that were very enjoyable at the time. I see you nodding your head. He knows what I'm talking about. I had the little button. But it, that's not nothing. And I think that's what we need to take from this. Unfortunately, we're not going to see him in preseason. And if this was actually a thing recently, I don't think we would have seen him even if there was a preseason. It's it's something to monitor. I can almost guarantee that I don't take him in any redraft leagues because I think it's just it's too risky for me. And that's something that I'm going to try to avoid. Like I would probably take CEH over him in every redraft I have. If you have him in a dynasty league, I mean, you're not doing anything crazy. You don't do anything stupid. While I am not a person that loves to build around running backs because things like this happen, things like Leonard Fournette happen, things like Le'Veon Bell earlier a few years ago happen, things like Melvin Gordon last year happen. You know, it, it's something. And if you can, if you can sell for a lot, I don't hate it, but I'm probably just going to hold and I'm just going to see what happens because he, he he's a dude that he's not gonna always have that same sort of value even even if he does start to struggle a little bit but he's still gonna be an elite tier running back asset as far as popular opinion is concerned so he shouldn't lose value if you do want to hold on to him or if you do want to trade him i think that's where i'm at with him i'm not going super crazy but if i am expecting him to be a cornerstone of my dynasty winning championship quality caliber team that makes me want to question it a little bit. But are you are you as polarizing on that as me? Or are you are you thinking this is more camp bullshit? Uh, this this is definitely a camp hit for me. And the the big thing that I'm taking away from this is that uh, there is a lot of noise in the dynasty and fantasy community about robust RB as a build strategy. Yeah. Now I I love our robust RB in a in a, in a seasonal league, whether that's Absolutely. a, whether it's a tournament, like a Scott fishbowl, whether that's like uh, my, my work league, my old work league, my 17 year old redraft league We're actually drafting tomorrow night, hashtag spoiler alert. And I love, I love robust RB, but you cannot do our robust RB in dynasty. I, no. I think, I think that if you don't uh, in, in super flex, it doesn't really matter. One QB super flex. I, I I'm looking for at least one stud, if not two stud wide receivers. You know, we were talking with Dan Williamson before we hit the record button. Dan stopped by to give us his hot ta- his hot take for the night, and we were talking about my uh, IDP league we're in with the Aussies, and I built that thing around Terry McLaren, DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin, and three and and there, there were some trades in this in this startup, and I've also got Josh Jacobs and George Kittle. You know what? I'll churn that running back position. I'll squeeze juice out of Matt Breda. I'll get a game or two out of Tariq Cohen. I'll get a game or two out of James White. As long as Josh Jacobs stays healthy, I will be in the mix. And you know what? Two years from now, Chris Godwin will still be a badass. And DJ Moore will still be a badass. And Terry McLaren will still be a badass. Will Josh Jacobs? I don't know. Because two years ago, we never thought this would have happened two years from then about an Alvin Kamara. So yeah. I'm not going to get too much into to that. Like from, a, from my standpoint, I'm not selling him today. I'm going to hold. I need him to report to camp. I need him to suit up week one. And then I need to find an owner that's a little less dialed in. And I need to cash out. I need to cash out. What would I be looking for? I would love to get a DeAndre Swift in like a 2021st. 
I would even go as far as to add a 20, you know, 21 third to Alvin Kamara to get Swift. Uh, I'd love to get Jonathan Taylor straight up. Uh, yes, I would do that today. I mean, here's the thing. These studs, you got to churn them every three years. I don't want to make this the Alvin uh, Kamara show. So let's transition. But, but, over. but, but, I, but hold sure. on. I think, I think we do have to talk about it because this is, I mean, this is a whole philosophy of Dynasty right here is, like you said, we didn't think this kind of thing was going to happen with Kamara, but you have to learn on the fly. Running backs in the 21st century, or at least the second decade of the 21st century, are a dime a dozen. The NFL does not value them. This, the Jacksonville Jaguars had nothing. They don't, they have, they are devoid of talent and they still just cut Leonard Fournette. It's, it's well, something you're, that you're, needs you're to talk given, about. And, and go ahead. I say you're giving away the show that we're going to do two, <laughs> two weeks from now. So we're going to really peel right. this entire thing back two weeks from now uh, about the overall philosophy. So we're going to leave you. Jerry, do you remember when we used to watch TV shows that you couldn't binge? Do you remember Life Pre-Netflix? Yeah, yes. Do you, I rem- do. do you remember they used to hit you with that son of a bitch at the end of the show to be continued? Yeah, Game we're, of Thrones did that. I know you didn't watch it, but that's what Game of Thrones. Did. I'm not into cousin humping wizards. Sorry, I'm going to hard pass. But siblings, but siblings. I'm sorry, okay. si- sibling <laughs> humping wizards and dragon tamers, whatever the fuck. Are, but but my point is is that two weeks from tonight, Jerry and I are going to go live into the philosophy and the build strategy behind this because this is supposed to be hot takes. Anything quickly on Leonard Fournette? Where do you think he'll wind up? Obviously, he cleared waivers. What are you thinking is the best course of action? If because now he gets to choose, right? No one chose him, so he gets to choose his own adventure. Jerry, you strike me as a young man who read some choose your own adventure books as a child. Probably rolled into the book fair with a ten spot, like you were uh, Richie Rich, and read some choose your own adventure books. What adventure do you think Leonard Fournette will choose? The Scholastic Book Fair was a good time in the early nineties. Uh, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I would love to give you some just deep Socratic, you know, advice here. And I don't have it. It's I, I, I don't know what the hell Leonard Fournette's going to do. And I think he's really going to show up in a, I think he's going to want to be featured. So I don't think he's going to go in a situation where he just has a ton of guys there, where he has a major competitor, but I also don't think he's going to have the opportunity that he's that he had in Jacksonville. I don't really think that, you know, it, is he going to want to go to Miami? I mean, it's not, I mean, it is a little far from Jacksonville, but not extremely far. It's closer than most other teams. You know, the, the Florida teams are options. I would have said Washington. I sort of thought Washington might claim him, but then they didn't. So now I really don't think they're going to have anything to do with him. in truth. I don't know. May, New England? I don't know. It's, it's weird. What, what do, you, do you think he's going to do anything? You do you have a a touch on any of it? Because it just seems like a weird situation. And you know, listen, how many times have I said <laughs> excellent things about Leonard Fournette on this podcast? Especially while everyone else was telling me that you know his third round ADP was crazy, and I'd argued against it. And then I got that notification, and in the Patreon, I said, "Well, that's some shit," because that was some shit. Well, for, for me, for, for Leonard Fournette, I've, I've always been a fan. And I think this is going to be one of those relationships that are mutually beneficial. Now, Leonard Fournette is in a contract year. Uh, he was anyway. He's going to sign probably a one-year deal. Very similar to what Cleveland gave Kareem Hunt when they picked him up off of uh, 
waivers. Well, I guess he didn't go off waivers when he cleared waivers, yeah. and they took a, a chance on him in Cleveland. And if you're Leonard Fournette, you can't afford to go to a team that's not going to let you have work and is not going to be a winner. If you go to a shit stain of a team, uh, you are going to look bad, and you cannot afford to look bad. You are playing for your livelihood, and he's playing for your dynasty roster. So uh, I want to give a shout-out to good friend of the show, Garrett Price. Garrett Price went for the ultimate free roll on me in a league we're in together. He offered me a 20-21 second for Leonard Fournette. And like a dummy, I took the bait, and I countered. And I countered with Leonard Fournette for a 20-21 first. And like a shark, like a true pro, Garrett. He snapped it on you? Nope, nope. He left it there dangling. Because for him, it was the ultimate free roll. It's the ultimate free roll. If at any point someone, a good team, right? Let's say Miami claims him. Tampa Bay claims him. Chicago claims him. A team that would use him effectively. He snaps that off or boom. 2021 first for Leonard Fournette in Miami. I'll take it all day. Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay. I'll give a first for it all day, right? But nothing happens. Mm -hmm. so, so what does he get to do? He just declines the offer and moves on down the road. For him, there was nothing to lose in that deal. He had everything to gain and nothing to lose. So write that down. That's how a pro like Garrett Price works moves on people. He sets you up with one move, and, and I was a dummy. Self-admitted, I was a dummy, and I fell for it. So I revoked that trade around 320. I was like, you sneaky son of a gun. I'm, I'm not falling for this again, and let's go. Hey, Jerry, by the way, did you notice that Joe Mixon got a new contract and his migraines went away? Yeah, it's a weird that that worked out, but... We, de we definitely got to talk Mixon. All right. So what the hell are you doing with him now? Because he's locked in. So we can we can dislike him as much as we have, which, Randy, we have. He, he's going to be around. I mean, we're going to be talking about Joe Mixon in 2023, and that's not something we can say about a lot of guys. So where he has to move up, I would assume. I would assume he's moving up on you. No. No, no, I mean, we just talked talk about this, but, but, but before we hit the record button, you know, we, we look at all these guys and running back is a very, what have you done for me lately? And I think what people are, are failing to look at, look at his, look at his, his draft classmates outside of Christian McCaffrey, who else is getting taken care of at the running back position? And I get it. They broke him off. Good, good for him. But I don't yeah. like running backs on second contracts going into year four. Remember Todd Gurley going into year four? Hey, how's year yeah. five looked? Not too, not, not too damn, uh, guys, if the acronym NFL stands for not for long, it applies the most to the running back position. Joe Mixon has never averaged more than three targets per game. Could that go up this year? It certainly could. But I know they like Travion Williams, and I know they like Giovanni Bernard, and I, know, and I don't like dislike Joe uh, Mixon. I dislike his acquisition cost. Whether that's a startup or whether that's via trade in an existing league, he's just too expensive. Have we not learned from the Jacksonville Jaguars you know, example that stop investing in, in too many players on bad teams? This was the worst fucking team in the league last year. They have the worst head coach in the league last year. And as much as I like Joe Burrow, he's not Jesus Christ in cleats. He is not going to resurrect this thing, especially in a year. And... I think that there's still going to be plenty of work for other running backs. 
Yeah, great. He's he's a between the tackles grinder who might get two and a half target, three targets a game. Come on, man. Uh, I I can't do it. If Joe Mixon was going at the end of the second round, into the top of the third, thumbs up, Buttercup. I'm I'm in there like swimwear. But I'm not touching him at the back end of the first round in the second in a dynasty startup when, when I could get a guy like Josh Jacobs going into year two in almost a, an identical role, except that Josh Jacobs actually has a good offensive line who returned all five starters, who is surrounded by better talent. Yeah, I said it. Old Man River, A.J. Green, always hurt Joe, uh, John Ross, Flash in the Pan, Auden Tate, and just a Mr. Like... Like Walmart brand slot wide receiver Tyler Boyd does nothing for me. Nothing for me. So, no, I do not like Joe Mixon at his acquisition cost. I do not like him, Sam I am. I do not like him with green eggs and a ham, Jerry. So I knew I could get you if I just talked about the Bengals. Uh, man, dude, my, my entire like hot take platform tonight is all AFC North Bay. So before we get into that... What do you make about Tyrell Williams going on the IR? He said last week that he was going to try to play through a torn labrum. Uh, spoiler alert, that's what Jalen Rager has. But he went on season-ending IR, and now it's going to be uh, starting wide receivers of Ruggs, Brian Edwards, uh, Hunter Renfro in the slot. Jerry, what do you make for the guys who are playing in the silver and black in 2020? Well, those were all three of the guys that I cared about anyway, so it did absolutely nothing for me. If you would like my truest and honest opinion on the matter, I haven't cared about Tyrell Williams the entirety of Tyrell Williams' career. It's harsh. It's not very nice. He's been okay at times. I just, hurtful. Just just hurtful. Mama, Mama Williams listens. She listens, and she's not, hurt right now. <laughs> well, then I do apologize, and I will 100% take it back. But really, what do, what do I care? Listen, everybody knew the Brian Edwards hype was coming, and it came. Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken in the draft. Obviously, they're going to use him. Darren Waller's still there. Henry Renfro was the heartbeat of that offense. He was he was the, the grind him out guy. And he's, I mean, he's made some plays, college and the pros. He's shown he can do it. He's going to stick around. I don't, I don't care about Tyrell Williams. If anything, it solidifies the things we already knew going forward which is perfect because that is not something that happens in Dynasty. So it's nice when kindness shows its face every once in a while in this game. I, I jokingly said on Twitter before we started recording tonight, it was like, uh, I'm pretending like I'm Derek Carr. He's like, man, look at all these nice, young, great wide receivers that my GM and head coach got for me this offseason. And he says that as he's checking down to Hunter Renfro and Jalen Richard and absolutely just <laughs> wrecking, wrecking your oh. dynasty team in, in, in all formats. That, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. So I'm excited to see what happens. I got my first uh, Brian Edwards share. I traded it with my boy Eric in one of the GOAT leagues. I traded him Michael Pittman straight up for Brian Edwards. We both felt like it was fair. He was bold, my friend. Hey, you know, it was one of those things. It's um like in the like in the finance game. I was di- diversifying my portfolio. I think I had seven, six or seven shares of Michael Pittman, zero Edwards. He was in the exact okay. same opposite boat with Brian Edwards. He had gotten Brian Edwards everywhere, and we just made a little flip flop. You know, it's one of those if ones. Darius that- Geis and Leonard Fournette have taught me anything. It's you need to diversify, and you do not want to be too saturated in a certain asset. 
I, I believe it was the Wu Tang Clan, Jerry, that said, "Diversify your bonds." <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so these people they, they've got a little news out of us, Jerry, but it's hot take time. You ready for some hot takes? Oh, uh, what you got? All right, man. My my first hot take is, and I bet that Derrick Henry will regress. I, I don't know that I have have a number. I'm going to say 1,150 yards. Now, that's still a 1,000-yard season, and I bet this. So I, I'm one of those guys. I'm like a lot of dynasty and fantasy analysts out there. Now, I also have the good fortune of living in the state of Indiana where app-based uh, sports wagering is legal. But I like and I bet Derrick Henry under 1,549 combined Russian receiving yards this year. And some of the reasons why I did is because I went back and looked at the last nine guys to have led the league in rushing. So in 2010, it was Arian Foster. 2011, Maurice Jones-Drew. 2012, AP. 2013, Shady McCoy. 14, DeMarco Murray. 15, AP. 16, Zeke. 17, Kareem Hunt. 18, Zeke. Last year, Derrick Henry. So out of all those guys, the following year on average... The average rushing champ the next year missed five games the, the following year. Now, there's a little noise in there with a Zeke suspension and a Kareem Hunt suspension. Both uh, one missed five, one missed six games. But AP missed 13 games. DeMarco Murray missed 12 games. Uh, AP in the second season missed two games. Maurice Jones-Drew missed 10 games. Arian Foster missed three games. Add on top of that, the last four games of the season, Derrick Henry had over 100 rushes. And these aren't pillow fight camp rushes. These are playoff, knock your socks off rushes uh, against good defenses like Baltimore. So, And then the average rushing yardage. So from year over year, so you're the rushing champion one year, the next year, on average, these guys decreased 41.5%. So that would mean if Derrick Henry decreases by 41%, He's going to be just over 900 yards this year. Now, again, I think he'll be closer to that 11, 1150, but that's a lot of mileage. So I know it's a hot take to say that he's going to finish with about 1100 yards, but the stats back it up and I bet this and Jerry, you can tell me what you think of my first hot take. I don't think it's crazy. I think everybody sort of expects Derrick Henry to sort of take a step back. The efficiency on that offense was just, that's just absurd. Uh, from across the board, not just him. That was everybody in that offense. So I don't hate it. I'm not mad at you for it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go into mine, if you don't mind. And I'm going to do a little bit of a homer pick. Surprise, surprise. Matthew Stafford, the great and powerful Georgia Bulldog, just unleashing that rocket at training camp. I hope you saw it. I think you did. I think I saw you tweet about it. Um I'm going to have him finishing as a top five QB. Specifically, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with number four. So I'm not going to go hot take enough that I'm going to take him over Mahomes, over Lamar, and over Dak. But over Kyler, over Watson, over Wentz, over Josh Allen, over everybody else, you Matt Ryan, you name it. Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay are going to be like poetry in motion. It is going to just warm my heart it's gonna fill my soul with love to just watch those two connect and to create beauty and i think matthew stafford it's gonna be i don't want to say 2011 because 41 touchdowns ain't gonna happen and neither is calvin but i easily think he could jump in and be that guy that is just right behind those elite rushing 
guys because he's he's not going to do that. Listen, I would love to watch Matthew Stafford try and shake and bake somebody, but I also don't want to watch the man die because he's, you know, a little, a little fragile in the in the as he hit 30. But I'm going to say QB four in the 2020 season, and I'm going to be the happiest man alive because of it. The the happiest man on the planet is Gerald J. Sinclair. I would give that like a Buffalo Wild Wings scale of a hot take. That's like a mild, like a mild barbecue take because Matthew Stafford is a guy who was on pace last year for everybody knows it by this point. It's it's dynasty dogma at this point. He was on pace for 5,000 yards and 44 touchdowns or, or whatever it was. Not that that's anywhere near his career average, but Matthew Stafford on average throughout his very long career has been around the QB9. So to ask him to jump up to QB4-5, although not impossible, I think that's a mild take, Jerry. Are, are you ready? Listen, the mild wings at B-dubs are delicious. So hey, I'm hey fine listen, listen, Jerry. You know what they do on, on FM radio, right? They play, the, they play the hits, baby. Nothing but the hits. <laughs> That's M- right. Mild barbecue at B-Dub Cells. That Matthew Stafford take is a great place to start. I love it. I love it. Great place to start. So so my number two hot take, I actually shared this. Is it a spicier? Bit, uh, medium spicy. A little bit me- like a... Okay. All right. No, well, medium is my favorite. Medium and Asian zinc. But anyway, continue. Medium, Irrelevant. On the medium spice meter, I said that Baker Mayfield, shocker, will be the statistically... Least efficient quarterback, as in he will produce the least fantasy football points in 2020 while leading the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. So just to put this in in perspective, I bet Baker under 3,900 passing yards this year. And and, and people say, well, you know, he he could easily do that. You know, he sure could. But let me read you that. So last year, only 11 QBs passed for 4,000 or more yards. So that's just a tick above 3,900. Only yep. 12 QBs, so a third of the of the QBs in the league, roughly, had 3,900. And those quarterbacks were Winston, excuse me, Winston, Dak, Goff, Rivers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Derek Carr. That was a surprising one. Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. And only three of those guys, in my opinion, play in what I would consider a hard climate like Cleveland is. So when I when I add all of that up and then... I add in his new head coach, Stefanski. You know, under Stefanski last year, Kirk Cousins set career lows in pass attempts with 444. His previous low was 540, so almost 100 off of his previous low. Completions. Cousins had 307. His previous low, 347. He had a career low in yards, 3,600 passing yards. His previous low was 4,100. But you know what else he had a, pre, a career low in? Interceptions. He only had six. You know what Baker had a problem with last year? Interceptions. Add on top of that, Cleveland has the third easiest strength of schedule adjusted for their opponent's 2020 expected wins per Vegas. So they've got an easy schedule. When you got an easy schedule and you're up late, Jerry, what do you do? You run the ball. You tell me. You, you, yeah. you, you, you run the ball. This is a defense that ranked 13th in points allowed next year. And I, I think Stefanski sees what they did in Minnesota last year or even three years ago with Case Keenum, who, by the way, is the backup there. This is the recipe for success. You limit the throws, you run the ball, and you play good defense. You brought in a fullback. You kept Kareem Hunt. Jerry, would you say there's been plenty of opportunities for the Cleveland Browns to have gotten a nice return on Kareem Hunt via trade? 
I would say there has been a nonstop ample set of opportunities. We'll use the word ample, but yet they keep they they've kept him. Why? Because this is a team that is going to run. They they brought in um, uh, the the Callahan, Bill Callahan from the Redskins, the Mister Run the Ball. They bring in a fullback. This tells me this is going to be a slow it down offense. Uh, I think this team's going to win nine games, and I think they're going to get that seven seed. So from a fantasy football statistical standpoint, this will not be a successful season for Baker. But from a real big boy grown-up football season, Baker's going to lead this team to where they're trying to get Jerry. What do you? Th- I actually said nice things about Baker. Not nice from a fantasy standpoint. Sort of. Kind of. I, I do. I, sort I, of I, nice things. I, I said he was going to take Cleveland to the playoffs. How fucking nicer can <laughs> I be? Mother of God. Yeah, you all, you also said it was because of the run game, but it's okay. I mean, listen, I mean, listen, I, I, listen. If we're if we're gonna shit on on Baker's fantasy, I'm not gonna argue with you. I don't I don't have any shares anywhere, and I'm going to keep it that way. No, thank you. I'm not I'm not mad at you. And they have a good enough team that they could definitely make the playoffs. And I really think they could make the playoffs with Andy Dalton too, because I don't think Baker Mayfield is something special. So I'm I I hear you. I'm with you. But I'm gonna drop. I don't know if it's blazing wings. I don't know if it's that hot. But it's at least wild. It's at least hot. Randy. Tyler Higby. My man. The man who last year set the world on fire. The man that won every league that he was a part of. Because you got him for free. You picked him up. And then in the playoffs, he threw you on his back. And he just marched you to the top of the mountain. At least he did to me, and I'm the most important here. I'm going to have Tyler Higby, Higby as the tight end two behind Travis Kelsey. That is ahead of George Kittle. That's ahead of Zach Ertz. That's ahead of everyone else you could name. Because I think the trend continues. Maybe not 100 yards a game. That's just an absurd Michael Thomas-esque level of dominance. But the things that that man did are things that have just not been done. Really, I, uh, check Gronk's numbers. Gronk didn't have four straight 100-yard games, five straight games over 80 yards. Did, has Tony Gonzalez done that? I don't think so. Antonio Gates? I don't think any of them have done that kind of thing. That is just absurd. And Gerald Everett came back. Oh, joy, Gerald Everett, who has a season high of 400 yards, which is less than what Tyler Higby did in those four games. So kiss my ass. I don't care about Gerald Everett. If he was going to show that he was ever going to do anything at some point, he would have done it. And yet here we sit and the man has never done it. I have watched Tyler Higby do it. Tight end two. Kiss my ass. I don't care if you don't like it. At me if I'm wrong. I am going to stand by that. At some point, you have to just trust the things that you have seen and the possibilities. Listen, you can you can pour as much water you want into a shot glass. There's only so much water that can fit because the possibility is not there. This man, we have seen this man fill up a half barrel keg of fantasy points with all the delicious liquid you have ever wanted. The possibility is there. Give me that every day. I'm not I'm not selling hope. I'm selling production and that man has had it. Tyler Higby tight end to 2020. Oh well, I think you had a Freudian slip there. I think you went to say Tyler Higby and I think you wanted to say Tyler hug me. 
because that is your apparent boo. Uh, listen, um, people can say what they want to. Do you know who led the league in pass attempts last year? It was a certain Jared Goff. Mr. Goff. So anyone who's trying to uh, pick nits about telling you that it's Cooper Cup or Robert Woods or Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby or Van Jefferson, I got news for you, gang. When a guy throws the ball over 600 times, there's more enough for everybody to get some. And if you're not paying attention, we did not get preseason games this year. What did we get? We got scrimmages. And Tyler Higby was beating knots upon people's heads in this past Saturday scrimmage. I mean, absolutely clubbing people. He looked like he was going to pick up exactly where he left off in in 2020. Excuse me, in 2019. So I don't know that I'm willing to go that far. I will tell you, I made a wager with Riley Bymaster of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I bet him. So we're playing for our 2022 firsts. Tyler Higby versus Darren Waller. Yeah, I'm that guy. I So, uh, Jerry, are you familiar with the famous gambler Amarillo Slim? Yeah, of course. He said anything worth arguing about is worth betting on, and that's me. When we talk about fantasy players, I will put my money, in this case draft picks, where my mouth is. And that's the one thing that separates this show from a lot of others. All right, Jerry, let me go back to my third take. I'm going right back to the AFC North. I am going... This is my, my, my not quite blazing. This is my wild. This is my wild. Joe okay. Burrow, I, I like and I bet Joe Burrow under 3,800 passing yards. And people are like, well, man, 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 it's 3,800. He'll do that in his sleep. Oh, really? Really? Jerry, do you know how many rookies have thrown for over 3,800 uh, yards in their first year? I do not know that answer. Three. Three. Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. Those three. That is it. Not Peyton Manning, not Carson Wentz, not Baker Mayfield. None of these guys have thrown for more than 3,800 yards. There is going to be a learning curve. He got no offseason. Okay? Cincinnati has the 12th toughest adjusted strength of schedule, which means they're going to be behind, but I don't think they're going to be efficient. I continue to say that he's got bad coaching. I do not believe in Zach Taylor in, in the slightest. And one of my favorite videos that have come out of camp was the one of the offensive line breaking down to the point of where like the entire defense was tra- chasing him like a bad cop comedy. I'm like, what? And he, the... and he was not running to his strong side either. He, he was, he he was, was running not. for survival. And do you, do you know who he gets to play the first week of the year? He gets to play against Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And, and that's not that's not going to be pretty. And that's not going to uh-uh. be pretty. And, and, and I'm really curious, like a lot of guys who come out of college who had everything. You know, he had a great offensive line at LSU. He had a couple of great running backs. He had Jamar Chase. He had Justin Jefferson. He, he had Thaddeus Moss. He literally had everything. He had no adversity to overcome. Now, he's overcome adversity in his career, but you went from where you were just a really good player, all-time great season, on a really great machine to arguably the worst franchise in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, we expect you to be the savior. There's going to be a lot of struggle. There's going to be a lot of growing pains. I think Joe Burrow eventually will be a good player in the NFL, but he is not going to hit 3,800 yards, although he will eke by and score just a few more points than my buddy Baker. Jerry, what do you think about my Joe Burrow take? I don't think it's 
as spicy, but I can see why others would think that. Because 3,800 yards, just when you say it, I mean, it sounds like a little bit. It does not sound like a person that's going to be fantasy relevant. So I can see why that would be get you so much venom. But well, we we talked about this earlier. There's going to be games where my man goes for like 180 passing yards or 200, and you know, and and so I get it. And you know, he's got the great savior AJ Green, so he should be fine. He'll just throw it up to him. That'll be great. They'll get in there, Delorean, and they'll go back to 2016, and they'll be just fine. Is uh, Doc Brown showing up in that De- DeLorean? Uh, obviously, absolutely. If, if if he can block for him, that that might bring uh, a new layer of hope. Jerry, do you have one more hot take before I throw out my last hot take? There is one, and listen, this is a bit of a tandem. Randy hit me with a little little inspiration on this one, but it's one that I agree with. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and it's a it's a two parter. We got two guys, and two guys that. A lot of people like first round startup picks, Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara. Randy, their first round picks this year. I think this is the last time we see them there. I just I, we're hitting that that draft class and those that series of draft class where these running backs are starting to just that ADP starting to slip a little. And we're gonna be hitting the cliff soon. At one point, Le'Veon Bell was up near the 101. Where are you getting Le'Veon Bell at now? At one point, Melvin Gordon was a first-round startup pick. Where are you getting Melvin Gordon now? We're getting close to that point where Zeke and Kamara are going to start trickling down, and they're going to slip into the second, and then all of a sudden it's going to be that one season, and then they're seventh-round picks, and they're not popular and nobody likes them, and you're standing there going, where the hell did all my value go? So I'm going to say Zeke and Kamara. I think this is the last time you picked them in the first round of a startup, which is why if you, for some reason, still have a startup, don't do it. Yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. And I think with Zeke, it'll be more from name fatigue than it will be from his production. I think he's already sort of getting that, though. Yeah, and, and, and he just feels he's going to be that steady Eddie. He's going to be that 13. He just feels like a guy who is he's built different. Of the guys who were built to endure this, much like Christian McCaffrey, j- just built different. I think with with Kamara, there is some some real some real issues, and I, I really, regardless of what this epidural back injury thing ends up being, I think once they sign him, they've got to protect that investment. Once you get that once you get that second contract, you know, and you're giving a guy four years, fifty million dollars. That's the alleged offer to Kamara. You, you've got to do it, Jerry. All right, I got one last one. I'm going back to the well one more time. AFC North. Okay, you ready? I've already yep. bet. I've already bet two of these. Okay, so so why wouldn't I go all in? No quarterbacks in the AFC North throw for four thousand yards. Sounds crazy. A bit Big Ben. So I went and did some research. So from 2010 to 2019, that's ten years, right? Ten seasons. Okay. Yep. By four teams is how many? See, Jerry's not a math oh, major, guys. I was, it's, I was it's, right. It's <laughs> 40. Math guy. It's, four, it's 40. Four times 10 is 40. I was, I was writing it down in my defense. If that was an easy math question, just so the people know, I know I know Jason is watching on YouTube. I was writing something down. I'm not that bad. Okay, so, so we have 40 combined seasons. So out of those 40 combined seasons between Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, how many 4,000-yard passing seasons have come out of those 40? 
I mean, you yeah, got, I mean you got, you're setting me you, up for a low you, number. You got Big Ben in there. You got Joey Flacco in there. You've got Dalton. Uh, Cleveland's been a shit show, so you you can just you can just kind of yeah, throw them yeah. out. You're really multiplying no. by three, kind of. So so what do you got? Out of forty, how many four thousand yard seasons do you have? Nine. Check out the big brain on Jerry. The number is eight. The number is eight. Ah, okay. Do, do you know how many four thousand yard passers Cleveland's ever had in their entire existence? Is it zero? It's one. Or is it one? It's I think one. it's one. It's, it's like Bernie, like the first year. No, or something. it's not Bernie. Bernie Kosar, zero 4,000 yard passing seasons. It's Brian Sipe, 1980. Only 4,000 yard passer in Browns history. So to say that they haven't had any since 2010. I wasn't even alive. Gross understatement. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's had five. So five out of those 10 years, Big Ben's done it. Joe Flacco. I, I thought, man, Joe Flacco was close a couple of times. He had some 38, some 39s, but 4,000 one time in 2016. And Andy Dalton did it twice, 2016 and 2013. And one of those, his offensive coordinator was uh, Gruden, Jay Gruden, who's now in Jacksonville. That's a little side note for you uh, DJ Chark fans out there. You're going to hear more about him in a little bit later from some of our uh, hot take guests. But... I, I feel very comfortable. I think with Ben coming off of the elbow injury, a great defense, uh, four running backs are going to try to mix in back there, whether it's Snell or Samuel or Connor or the rookie McFarlane. I don't think you get anyone throwing for 4,000 yards. I think this is going to be uh, the Lamar show, and he'll continue to do it on the ground. I mean, Lamar only threw for like 3,100 yards last year. Uh, to, yeah. to, to say that no one's going to throw for 4,000, I don't feel like it's that hot. I really don't. I mean, I, I think people will get offended because Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Burrow, they're all very public players and teams. So I'll get pushback on this, but I really don't care. The, the odds of one of the four hitting go against the 40-season trend of 20%. If you get one, that's 25%. That's better than the, the, than the trend. So now you're trying to figure out, is that Baker? Is that Ben? Is that uh, uh, Burrow? So, so that is my final hot take, Jerry. What, what do you think? Was I too strong in the AFC North? Uh, give me some things. See, you think that's your most mild one. I think that's your your hottest one. I, but that's also because I'm sort of I'm sort of in on Ben. I really think Ben's gonna do all right. That would be the only one I would think that can get to the four thousand, though. I, I'm fine with you. Thinking Joe Burrow's on the under, Lamar, come on, listen, Lamar's not going to pass for 4,000 yards. Stop it. I mean, so I, I get it. I, I see where you're coming from. I understand why you don't think it's spicy. I just sort of like Ben. So I, I maybe it's just because I'm hoping, you know, hope in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. I'm definitely hoping because I don't want to be standing there with a pile of shit with a Ben Roethlisberger number seven in it. Well, I guess the worst case scenario is you can take that poop and make one of those world famous Jerry poop sandwiches. They're delicious. Mmm. Knock it off with some extra salt. <laughs> like a little poop. Poops. We love poop humor around this part. So listen, guys, uh -huh. th th there are my hot takes. There are Jerry's hot takes. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in again before we bring on our guest. And Jerry, have you seen the guest list? No, no. I listen, Randy. I do all the I do all the work out of, that's, out of my cage. That that's why I do I do all the work. So of course you don't know the guest list. 
we've got our, our good <laughs> we've we've got our good buddy from the Dynasty Happy Hour. We've got Tyler Gunther coming up. We've got awesome. Nick. We've got the ultra handsome Nick Whalen coming up. So we, handsome. We've got one of the hottest up and comers in the Dynasty game, Troy King, also of the Dynasty Happy Hour. Uh, Love we, it. We've we've got Doctor Kyle, our own Doctor Kyle, our doctor of physical therapy. He's going to hit us with a hot take. Pretty pretty handsome in his own right too while we're at it he's doing okay he's no nick, he's no <laughs> nick, he's no nick whalen we've got shane p hallam shane p stop Always stop legend. by to give awesome uh we've got maddie big chest maddie is our uh, graphics and he's really doing a lot behind the scenes with our youtube and a great dude uh he will certainly bust my balls uh another I, I, another cane another cane-esque Jer- uh, guest on the show jerry in the onboarding to become a member of the dynasty wars zone that's like on page one this is how we <laughs> mercilessly bust jerry's balls in the dynasty wars that's right. fair that that's like a first day writer downer we've got g of the aussie guys as well as dan he doesn't think i'm a real person anymore so as well as dan williamson of the goat cast everybody loves dan uh he's a straight shooter his hot takes are usually less hot and more accurate. I would actually just call Dan's accurate takes the best takes because uh, <laughs> da- well, da- well educated and well thought takes. Man, and, and I tell you what, you talk about putting your money where your mouth is. Dan plays in them fifteen hundred, three thousand dollar buy-ins F- over at the F- FP. You money again. If you're playing for that kind of scratch, and and, and he, this guy's telling you to do it, and no, he's not just throwing money away. He's not, you know, just like our government pissing it down the drain. This guy is actually out there. <laughs> His ROI uh, is eye bulging. So Dan is uh, is a great guy to have on. All these guys, we're very fortunate in that our time here in the Dynasty War Zone, we we've brought on some good people to help us with our team, help us grow, uh, and we've made a lot of great friends along the way. So they're going to come up with some hot takes for you. Uh, we're going to say goodbye. We're going to end this live stream, and we're going to remind you to please go over and rate and review the podcast. Please subscribe. You'll never miss it, guys. You'll miss that. You'll not miss that once a month Debbie show. You'll not miss the weekly Dynasty show. You'll not miss the gambling show. They're always there. And and if one doesn't suit your fancy, you know what? We'll just delete that show and wait for the next one. Wait for the one that you love. So please rate, review, and subscribe no matter what podcast platform you listen to. Jerry, you got anything for these people before we bring on the goodness of some more hot takes? Draft Tyler Higby. Draft Tyler. Write that. We call those writer downers here in the Dynasty Warzone. Write that down. I got my gent, Jerry. This, this is, a, is uh, a pencil. No. Yeah, no. A pen, man. Always no, pen. no, no, Jerry. You always book in pencil. Well, anyway, on behalf of Jerry... I am Memphis. We're going to get the boys, and we'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, 
You want to have the best league in town. Go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. All right. Well, let's let's talk about a little bit of a hot take here. We're going to talk a little DJ Chark. And uh, my hot take on DJ Chark is that he has a great chance to lead the league in receiving yardage this year. Uh, and part of the reason why I think that is we have to take a look at who his offensive coordinator was, and that's uh, Jay Gruden. And Jay Gruden was... Um, before a stint in Washington, the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. And that, that uh, is an offense I think is going to have some good parallels with uh, the Jacksonville offense this year with um, Minshew in the role of Andy Dalton. And DJ Chark is going to really inhabit the AJ Green role. Um, the only thing is, is that DJ Chark is actually faster than AJ Green. I mean, AJ Green has got a, a 4.5, uh, 40 time and uh, DJ Chark has a 434. Um so with that extra speed, um one of the things that we noticed with um with Jay Gruden and AJ Green was that AJ Green was a very clear alpha. In uh 2013 or 2012 and 2013, um AJ Green got 164 targets and 178 targets. Um uh, and with a that many targets. If uh, DJ Chart gets anything close to that, uh, he's very likely to eclipse 1,500 yards. And I think it's probably going to take about 1,600 yards or so uh, to lead the league in receiving yardage. And so I think that makes him an excellent dark horse candidate to do that. I mean, obviously your favorites are still going to be Julio and uh, maybe Michael Thomas or somebody like that. But uh, DJ Chark, if you want to get out, get out, put a little butt on it. Uh, I, I think there are places that are taking action at like 50 to one uh, for for him to lead the league in receiving yardage. And, um, you know, the other thing is he just doesn't have that much competition, you know, because we know that the Jackson or the uh, Jacksonville offense is going to be throwing the ball a lot since they just got rid of Leonard Fournette. Uh, they also have no defense at all to speak of. And the other receiving options there just really aren't that great. I mean, you know, I'm as big of a LaVisca Chenault fan as there is. Um, but I think it's going to take a year to really unlock him, um, it, or at least until later in the year. Um, and I think he's going to make a nice compliment. I mean, you know, he'll kind of play the Tyler Boyd a little bit to, to A.J. Green. But um, it's going to take a little while for that to happen. We've got Chris Conley on the other side, uh, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, actually might get traded. I think Jacksonville is going to be looking to move some pieces, but I think shark is one of the ones they want to build around. And so, uh, with that, with that speed, that many targets and, uh, Gardner Minshew, you know, playing the G DGAF, uh, throw it up and, and let shark go get it. I think we could be looking at a lot of targets and a lot of receiving yards here. This is Maddie Big Chest of the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel. You can find me on Twitter at Maddie Big Chest. My 2020 hot take is DJ Chark ends as a wide receiver top five finish in PPR formats. I think with a waving of Leonard Fournette, you're going to see a huge increase in the, the increase in volume in the passing game with Gardner Minshew. I think that with that defense, they're going to be giving up a lot of points, so they're going to be need 
needing to come from behind in a lot of games. So there's not going to be a chance to run the ball as much. So Gardner Minshew is going to be throwing it. And who's he going to be throwing it to? I think it has to be DJ Chark. You know, Jay Gruden, he hosted an offense in Washington that consisted of Kirk Cousins and like Jamison Crowder. And it was successful for for fantasy purposes. And, you know, I think that is what we're going to see here in Jacksonville. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Garner Minshew can do because I love me a quarterback with some moxie. I love me a quarterback who wears a jock strap and stretches in the in the locker room. That is my kind of guy. That's awesome. And I want me some Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark in 2020. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Matty Big Chest. And have a good night, guys. Hey, what's up? This is Tyler from the Dynasty Happy Hour, and I'm here to give you a hot take. Memphis told me to give you a hot take. I'm going to give you one. That is DeAndre Swift has a total of around 1,500 yards with about eight to nine touchdowns. That is my kid. I think he's saying pickle. I'm not sure. But, yeah, DeAndre Swift, 1,500-plus yards, seven to seven to nine touchdowns or so, and he becomes an RB1-2 for your team. And he's the man that we all expected in the offseason. DeAndre Swift was the 101 for a lot of people. Then Jonathan Taylor had that crazy combine. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire had the draft stock. I still like Clyde Edwards-Alaire ahead of DeAndre Swift. But other than that, DeAndre Swift is my RB2 in this class. He's got the pass-catching ability. He's got the athleticism. Hey, Randy, it's your buddy Nick Whalen um, at Dynasty Nerds. Um, I just want to call in and give you a few hot takes, uh, specifically at the wide receiver position. Uh, the first, these three guys, uh, I think all are going to be top 15 finishers at the position. The first is Stefan Diggs. People think of this as a negative going to Buffalo. I think it's a positive. Josh Allen has had three different receivers finish top 30 uh, over the last was the last five or six weeks of his rookie year. And then last year, one is Zay Jones, Robert Foster, and John Brown. I think Stefan Diggs is way better than any of them. And he's always been efficient. He's been efficient with a lot of targets. He's been efficient down the field threat. And Josh Allen is continually improving. He'll be a top 15 asset. The other one is Cortland Sutton. People know Cortland Sutton's my boy. Um, he is continually growing as a receiver, and so is Julak as a quarterback. People are worried about Noah Fant and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Melvin Gordon or whoever they want to. Cortland Sutton is the passing game there. The other guys are complementary pieces. Sutton's going to take a step up in this game this year, and he's going to finish as a top 15 asset, um, and he's really, really going to become dominant. The last one is Preston Williams. Preston Williams is... Fully recovered from his ACL, looking great in camp. He showed great last year as a wide receiver. He only fell in the draft due to some off-the-field concerns. And he is the best receiving asset on that team. I know some people really like Parker. He's good. He's not as good as Williams can be, especially if he takes that next step. And we know the quarterbacks, Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, and Tua like to sling the rock. They're going to sling it. They're going to give it up to Preston, and he's going to make plays. He's 6'5", and he can move so well. He reminds me of Brandon Marshall and Sutton. Uh, the last one, if you want to you know, just throw out another you know, maybe here, uh, Jameson Crowder could break the top 20 in terms of PPR.
follow my work at underscore Nick Whalen, Dynasty Nerds. We have film nerds every Wednesday night. Uh, have a good one, buddy. Hey, this is Shane Hallam from FakePigskin.com, from DraftSite.com, and the Devi Marketplace. I'm going to throw four of these hot takes out, one for each position right here. First, Drew Locke, Denver Broncos quarterback, is going to be a top seven quarterback this year in fantasy. I think we see with those weapons, we're going to see him blossom and be that second-year QB that comes out of this looking really good. Number two, for the running backs, Jarek McKinnon will be the top-scoring San Francisco 49ers running back. Not a big mustard fan. I think Tevin Coleman's kind of average. McKinnon has that ability. I think he's going to find a way to be the top scoring back in PPR for that team. Number three for the receivers. I'm going out on a limb. I'm picking my number one overall receiver in fantasy this year. It's going to be DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. I think he explodes in Joe Brady's offense. I think Teddy Bridgewater, also highly underrated, will be throwing passes to him. And finally, Irv Smith Jr., the Minnesota Vikings tight end. He's going to be a top 10 tight end in fantasy this year. I think he actually outperforms both Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, who were drafted ahead of him in last year's NFL draft. So there you go. Four hot takes, and I'll see you when they all come true. What's up, everyone? This is Troy King, writer for Dynasty Happy Hour and co-host for Fantasy Football Confidential. My hot take is that DJ Moore will not finish the season as a wide receiver one. Now hear me out. He has a new coach, new offensive coordinator, and a new quarterback. He's going to be just fine. I have him around wide receiver 14. It's still going to be the CMC show. They brought in Robbie Anderson for a reason. They have Curtis Samuel. Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to spread the ball around. DJ Moore is going to get targets, but I just don't feel like he's going to finish the season as a wide receiver one. If you guys want to check me out, you can find me on Twitter at TKingMode. Again, that is TKingMode. Again, I'm a writer for Dynasty Happy Hour, and I am one of the co-hosts of Fantasy Football Confidential. Y'all have yourself a good one. Hottest take for 2020. I couldn't just pick one, so I went with two separate positions. Brady and Breeze both finish outside the top 12 in four-point touchdown quarterback scoring because we are in the ultimate Konami code era of fantasy football. And then LaVisca Chenault, top 36 wide receiver. Um, I'm hearing good things out of the Jacksonville Jaguars camp. Dynamic. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. There you go. You are a bold and spicy man. Well, listen, this is going to be on the Tuesday show, the Hot Take Hotline Edition. Happy to have you on. For those of you that are just getting familiar with Dr. Kyle, make sure you follow him on Twitter. He is at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. Dr. Kyle, man, thanks for jumping on and giving us your hottest hot take here for 2020. Happy to be here, and I will see you next week, Memphis. See you next week on The Fabulous Big Bet. Hey, Memphis, how you going, buddy?
thanks for uh, thanks for giving us a call. Got me out of a bit of work for a while, so that's good. You got me running around all different places, though, to try to find a good, a good connection. But, yeah, my hot take, um, look, I, I wrote down a couple for you, and both of them are tight ends. Like, I figured, what well, was a couple of years ago I came on and I gave the Eric Ebron to be a top three tight end when he moved over to, to the Colts, to your, to your Colts, and I think he finished fourth. So I wasn't I wasn't far outside. So I thought I'd stick with the uh, the tight end. And this is this is pretty hot. But mate, I'm looking at the the, uh, the 49ers now signed Jordan Reed. And this would have been good if I talked to you a couple of uh, a week ago, <laughs> because uh, no one was paying him any attention. And now he sort of uh, I think uh, a few days ago he he lit up Jaquiski uh, uh, Tart a couple of times. I, I just think that the uh, you could find the 49ers may could have two top ten tight ends on the on their roster this year. Hey, I uh, I like it. I'm a George <laughs> Kittle guy, but I am very yeah. excited for Jordan Reed. I just hope them, he stays healthy. No, we just oh, we just go about that, mate. We just have a look at that because his his concussion history is not great. He's he's have what is is it seven? I think that's been reported. He had a couple in as well in. In, in college, he's had the injuries, hamstrings, multiple chest injuries, toes, grade three separation of his shoulder. So I'm not sort of I'm, – I'm arguing against myself at the moment. But if you look if you look at the times when he has played at least, you know, 14 to 15 games, he's had 952 yards and 11 TDs. Okay, granted that was 2015, so that's five years ago. But um, and 2016 played 12 games, 686 yards and six TDs. And you look now um, at the fact that uh, the injuries they've copped at wide receiver. So I just think at the moment they've got Brandon Oilk, who's I, I think he's hurt at the moment, isn't he? He's um is a is a slight hamstring strain he's suffering with at the moment, which is never great on a on a, a speed receiver. Uh, you've, who else you got? Kendrick Bourne there, I suppose. Debo Samuel's coming back from the Jones fracture. Uh, Dante Pettis, who knows? Return of punts. Trent Taylor coming back. Um, I'm hoping I've picked him up in a few leagues too. So, uh, But, yeah, I just think at, at the moment, if, if the guy can live up to what I believe, if he had a state health, he could have been one of the best tight ends going around for a number of years. Um, I, I don't see that he, he can't be. When you look at Dallas Goddard, was the number 10 tight end last year with 607 yards and five TDs. It might be a, a stretch for a second guy, but Greg Olsen was number 11, mate, and he only had 595, 597 and two TDs. So he could easily be up around around that. All right. You, did you have another tight end uh, hot take for us there, big guy? Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm a big one. I'm, I'm on the, uh, the Earth Smith bandwagon this year, mate. I reckon this guy's going to just – he could – if given the right opportunity, and if they can forget about Kyle Rudolph in the red zone, I, I think this guy is a very startable tight end. Or if he's not the start of the year, I think you'll find by the end of the year people will be clamouring to get him on on their rosters. You got Diggs who left with you know ninety four targets and six TDs behind. Um, you know someone's got to make up the touchdowns. Um, whether or not the all uh, all those receptions go to him or targets, well, not necessarily. Um, but they're going to make up six six TDs. Treadwell's gone, which is no big deal, but that's 16 targets. They all add up. They've got to go to somebody else now. Um, you got Adam Phelan, who's a 30-year-old, you know, wide receiver who uh, 
coming off a, a bit of just a couple of weeks injury concerns last year. Justin Jefferson's a rookie. And look, if you look at Irv Smith over the last five games, he outsnapped uh, Rudolph. So I just think it's they started to change it at the end of the last year, getting away from Rudolph and putting it more in the hands of um, of Irv Smith. Well, you are a spicy man coming to us all the way from the land down under. Make sure you look for a future predictions podcast with the Aussie guys and maybe a uh, a certain guy named Memphis from a, a, the Dynasty War Zone. But, gee, thanks for jumping on, man, and giving us some hot takes. No problems, mate. I hope I didn't take up too much of your time. You're great. Thank you as always. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. <laughs>